Good afternoon. me if I do a talk on prayer, I was quite daunted because I thought, I'd love to preach, I'd love to talk, that would be great, I'd like that part, but prayer, I'm not very good at prayer. Maybe somebody else should talk about prayer. And then I went and had a chat to God about it, and God said, well, there's probably some other people who also feel they're not very good about good at praying, and maybe you could just talk to them. So here I am. If I have a prayer session, it goes a bit like this. God, hello. You're an awesome, mighty, wonderful, fabulous God. Thank you for being in my living room. Jesus, wow, I really need to clean those windows. <laughs> oh, praying, right. Um, hmm. Jesus, help me to love people like you do today. Oh, there's the post lady. Why can't you just put stuff through the letterbox? Why does she have to ring the doorbell? Oh no, praying, back to praying, what was I doing? Oh God, please look after my kids today. Don't let Theo have too many hypos at school. Keep him safe. Oh, I need to phone the doctors. We need a repeat prescription. Oh, there's the phone now. No, no, I'm praying. No, no, I'm not, I'm going to let it ring, I'm praying. Oh, look at the bird feeder. I wonder what that little green and yellow bird is. Oh, oh. Thanks for birds, God. <laughs> it kind of goes like that. I'm not very good at praying and I'm really bad at sitting and listening to God. So I went and had a look through the Bible, looked up stuff on prayer, and I ended up in Psalm 37, which on the face of it doesn't seem to be about prayer and is more about being with God. I'm going to look at um, verses 3 through 7, and I have my youth get involved volunteer who's going to come and read the passage. Reading it from the message, it's going to be a bit different to what you've got there. Get insurance with God and do a good deed. Settle down and stick to your last. Keep company with God, get in on the best. Open up before God, he'll keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. Quiet down before God, be prayerful before him. Thank you. I love the phrase to keep company with God. It's a bit American, I know. Let's hang out with God, socialise with God, spend time in God's company. It sounds lovely, it sounds much more fun than praying, actually. There's another translation that says, delight yourselves in the Lord. So I thought, what if, instead of worrying about praying and getting it right, instead of remembering a long list of things to pray for, instead of developing my relationship with the Lord, what if prayer was like having a chat with an old friend? Someone we know well. Yeah, somebody who knows us really well too, and loves us anyway. Someone we have a history with, even if maybe we haven't known them that long. But somebody we've been through some tough times with, or talked through some fairly deep emotional stuff with, somebody you've got close to. The kind of friend who knows what you're thinking, but wants to hear you say it anyway. And I think that prayer can be like a conversation with a friend like that. When you sit down with a mate and have a chat, often you talk about mundane, everyday stuff. 
Your conversation gets a bit fragmented, at least it does with me, especially when there's small children around. You kind of go off the point, forget what you're talking about, go around in circles, come back to it. And it doesn't actually matter because that's just what having a chat with a friend is like. And afterwards, you know that you've enjoyed each other's company. You can't maybe remember everything you talked about, but you know that you made each other feel appreciated, that you paid attention to one another. Maybe you got some good advice, maybe you got some encouragement or a promise of help. But mostly, you know you just enjoyed being together. And I think prayer can be like that. It's keeping company with God. Time for a table talk, I think. If you met up with a close friend right now, and they said, what's been going on this week then? What's the one thing that you would really, really want to tell them? I want you to share that one on the tables right now. Have a chat. hearing what's going on in your lives. Okay. There is something about God that surprises me when I think of it, and it's this. God likes me. Adrian Plass says that he used to worry. He used to say, I know God loves me because that's his job and he has to. But does he like me? And the answer is yes. Yes, he does. God is nice and he likes me. Profound truth of the day there. God enjoys our company. He likes it when we talk to him, and he likes it when we listen to him. And we don't have to think up ways to please God. We just have to be with him and be ourselves with him. And that pleases him, that's enough. God delights in us, and we are made to delight in him. Listen to this. God is proud of you. He's not just proud of the things that you've done. He's proud of what you are. Because he made you and he doesn't make mistakes. He knew what he was doing when he made you the way you are. He thinks you are clever and interesting and funny and delightful. You are precious to him. He sings songs over you. He approves of you because that's what it means to be forgiven and justified in Christ. It means that God approves of you. He knows the whole path of your life. He knew what he was getting into when he called you. He likes you. He wants you. He chose you to be his friend. He likes it when you choose to chat with him. Turn to the person next to you and say, God likes you. <laughs> I hate it when preachers ask me to do something like that. I struggle sometimes when I'm talking with God because I keep thinking, he knows all this. Why do I tell him all this when actually he knows it already? I'm babbling, and I'm sure it says in the Bible somewhere that you're not supposed to babble. And then I think about my children. They come out of school, and I say, oh, what did you do today then? 
And they say, <laughs> nothing. Can't remember. And a bit later on, they'll come to me one by one and tell me something that happened. And I love that. And often I know what it is that they're going to talk about because I knew roughly what was going to be happening in their day. Or Theo will come and tell me about a story that he was read. And I could say, yeah, I've read that one. I know that one. So what? But you don't, do you? <laughs> because you want to hear their take on it. You want to share their enthusiasm for something new that they've discovered. And God is like that with us. He wants to hear us say it, even though he already knows. He wants to share it with us. God does actually want to hear me burbling on all about my day and about what happened and what I wish had happened instead and how I felt about it all. In the Bible, in Psalms, it says, trust in him, pour out your hearts to him. Lamentations says, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. God wants what's in your heart. He wants the good stuff that we're thankful for and the bad stuff that we're angry with him for. He wants to know everything that's been happening in your life. You know, tell him what you're hoping for. Tell him what you're worrying about. Tell him what's made you happy or angry or amused or confused. Give him the lot. Tell him what you think he's like and see if he agrees. Read the Bible and talk to him about what you've read. And we just have to tell God what's on our minds and then listen to what he says. And that's praying. The listening bit's important. We have to make a bit of space for God to reply. Sometimes we basically just need to shut up and remember that God is there. I often find that God will show me something later in the day. I'll have prayed about something earlier and then at some unexpected point later in the day, God will show me something that's maybe an answer because it's an ongoing conversation that we're having with God. And often what he wants to say to me is not a big revelation. When two people know each other really well and they're having a conversation, what they say to each other is not that startling often. God might say, I love you. He says that a lot. He might say, isn't the weather lovely? Look at the clouds, I made those. He might say to me, Joan, try to finish one job before you start the next. There's nothing earth-shattering, it's just what we need to hear at the time. Sometimes we don't really notice that it's God talking because it is so very everyday what he wants to say. Some of you might be feeling that it's a bit disrespectful to talk about having a little chat with the awesome, mighty creator of the universe. But Jesus said, I call you friends. God planned for us to be close friends with him. Humanity started out strolling in the Garden of Eden with God, being friends. Yeah, and we messed it up. We did things our way instead of doing them God's way. And we've been doing that ever since. And that's sin. And because God is a God of justice, he won't just ignore evil. Someone has to take the punishment for the crime. So there is Jesus. Jesus who came as a man and walked in friendship with God, not doing anything unless he saw the Father doing it first, taking everything to God. And he died on the cross, went to hell, was totally separated from that friendship with God. But he defeated death, came back to life. And he did it so that we could be friends with God. We can have that if we choose. 
Jesus' death and resurrection is the reason why we can see God as a friend to chat with. Imagine you're in a room, okay, this one, if you like. And you look around, and everybody else that you can see gets up and starts to leave. Okay? Eventually, you're left there, and all the people that you could see have got up and walked out. Okay? So you've checked that you don't actually smell. And look around. How many people are there now in the room with you? smallest number of people who can be in a room where you are. Tell each other on your tables. What do you think? How many people? Everybody you can see gets up and leaves. How many people are there in the room now? Any takers? One? More than one? Go on, give me a suggestion. How many people are there in the room? I'm getting scared looks here. Okay, I hear two at the front here. Any advance on two? Four at the back. Four at the back. Do I hear six? Six. I'm going with four. I reckon four. I reckon there's the father who gave up his only son for you. The son who's praying for you. The spirit who lives in you. And you. Four. God is with us always. And you can never be alone. You have a friend. And did I mention that he likes chatting with you? So what about all those needs? When it says, present all your requests to the Lord. Ask for everything that we need. You see, I've kind of permanently got a shopping list in my head of things that I would like God to do for me right now. Or that my friends need. My requests kind of get flung up to God during the day when I'm reminded of them. Orban's just started work again in a new job after months of not being in work. And during that time, we'd be praying about what we were supposed to do. We'd ask him, should he be looking for a different kind of job? Should he be looking for a lower paid job or a job that's further away? Should I be budgeting really, really carefully? Or should we just trust God that the job will come up at the right time? What do we do? And whenever we prayed, I find that I couldn't get worried about it. I think I ought to be worrying. You know, my head would be saying, this is serious. You know, paying next month's rent is going to be a little bit too interesting. You know, you ought to be worrying about this. I tried to worry. I'd pray, and every time I'd end up thinking, yeah, whatever, it'll be fine. Couldn't get worked up about it. I'd pray, and God would just remove the worries. And it wasn't that he answered the questions. You know, he didn't give us any clue, actually, of what we were supposed to do. He just said, it's fine, which was a bit annoying, I have to say. And he kept saying, it's fine, I love you, don't worry about it. And Orban got a new job a couple of weeks back, and it's a great job. And it happened just before the money ran out, always works that way. God had it in hand, but he didn't ever answer any of the questions. And I think sometimes that prayer is like sitting with God and looking at our problems with him. And we end up being able to see our problems and our needs from his point of view, which is so very different from our point of view. And sometimes the questions that we had just don't actually matter, and we don't need them answered when we see things the way that God sees them.
think sometimes the point of prayer is to meet with God. Looking back at Psalm 37, where it says, keep company with God, get in on the best. Open up before God, tell him everything, keep nothing back. And he will do whatever needs to be done. Quiet down before God. I think if God himself is the answer to our prayers, maybe prayers not work. Maybe prayer isn't another list, a job on my list. Maybe it's the coffee break. Maybe prayer is my chance to have a rest and let God be God and work it out. Sometimes I find it helps to ask God to do the best thing. I don't know what to ask, and he knows the full situation, so I can just pray, God, make it come right. Work this out for the best. Show me just the next step, and I will trust you for the rest. I also find that I am very much comforted by the fact that Jesus didn't get everything that he asked for in prayer. He is our beautiful example, the one that we copy. And he spent hours just talking to God the Father. And he asked for a lot of stuff. But he didn't always get it, or not in the way that you might think. He spent a whole night praying that God would help him choose the right people to be the first 12 disciples. And look what he got. It wasn't very long, but he was saying, oh, how long do I have to put up with you? He spent one of his longest prayers, he asked that future generations of Christians would be united and look what we've done with that. He asked for God to find a workaround so that he wouldn't have to die in agony. And yet by the time he walked out to face his death, he was no longer crying and shouting because he was seeing it from God's point of view. The purpose of prayer is to know God and to get close to God. And we need God himself more than we need anything that God can do for us or give to us. I want you to imagine that Jesus is sat at a chair at your table. You might have to imagine the chair as well. Don't worry about what he's wearing. Just focus on the fact that he's there. And then have a think about what you'd like to say to him. Okay, what we're going to do in a minute, we're going to close our eyes and just talk to Jesus sat at a chair at your table and have a listen to see what he'd like to say back because he likes it when you talk to him and he's got something he'd like to say back. If you really hate doing things like that, just kind of shut your eyes and think about daffodils, that's fine too. But God would really like it if you'd have a chat with him. So close your eyes, go for it. Okay. Most of you enjoyed that. If you need to carry on, you do that. I'm going to sum up. Say that prayer is like a chat with a close friend. And God likes us and wants to talk to us. Prayer is about being close to God. We pray to be with God and to know him better. God likes it when we chat with him. If you have a look on your tables, you will find an envelope that says, please don't open until asked. If you'd like to open that now. Inside there are some vouchers. You get one each. Pick a colour you like. It's a voucher for a free chat with God. We'd like it if you'd take it home and redeem it sometime this week. Thank you.